What's the one thing you need? What's the one thing you desire? The one thing you lack? And the one thing you need to forget? Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. How many of you enjoy January 1? Like it's such a a refreshing day in the year, isn't it? And, uh, you know, what a difference we hope that one evening can make. Because the sun, it sets on December 31. And when it has risen the next day, the year 2024 begins. And many people like to make New Year's resolutions. and, And if that works for you, then I think that that's great. Okay, But personally speaking, I don't make New Year's resolutions, and I haven't for a number of years. And, and the simple reason why is because many years ago, I made planning and goal setting a lifestyle. On the morning of January 1, it's uh, not only a new year, but it's a time where people can think of new ideas, have new dreams, and and even a new hope of a new me. But the challenge is, we quickly realize that even though it's a new year, we've still got the same old mindset, the same old apathy, the same old blame game, the same old excuses, not fully understanding that change is actually spelt W-O-R-E. And if you want change to begin, and if you want change to be permanent, it's on the other side of doing the work. Okay, it's got to go beyond just an idea. It's got to go beyond just a dream or a meditation. Have you ever noticed that in life, that you don't have to intentionally work to create complexity? It just seems to happen. In actual fact, we need to intentionally work at building a word that I don't believe is in the uh, English language, but a word nevertheless called simplexity, which is really taking the complex and making it simple. We've got to understand that what one of the things that Jesus wanted to really establish upon the earth is taking a complicated life and making it simple. The Apostle Paul, we were praying about in the prayer room. Uh, he said to uh, the church, he said, I fear that, uh, that somehow you've moved away from the simplicity that is in Christ. For some reason, he was saying, you've taken what is simple and you've put a whole bunch of hoops in place and now you've made it complex. I believe that everybody wants a simple life, a simple marriage, a simple family. So, so why isn't it? Why isn't life simple? Well, I feel like there's a lot of reasons, right? Uh, firstly, I believe that uh, there are many external reasons which have to do with the vast number of consumer options available to us. One of the reasons why I believe that perhaps Christmas got a little bit stressful for some was because of all the external pressure of Christmas consumerism and advertising, thinking, oh, I've got to get that. 
you know, for the family. And if we don't have that, I feel like they're, they're missing out. This external complexity that hits us from every angle. You know, you just have to think about the number of consumer products that, um, that are available to us. Um, just think about going and shopping for milk. Like there's a whole like refrigerator line filled with different kinds of milk, all different kinds of milk. And I think there was an advert out once upon a time where at the end they said, oh, I just wanted milk to taste like milk. <laughs> but there's so many different, you've got to learn so much. And what about toothpaste? There's toothpaste for all, there's whitening, there's, there's charcoal, there's toothpaste for, you know, sensitive teeth. Uh, toothbrushes, like the, the, the choice. And, and, and so often we're drowning, you know, in decisions and we're choking because of choice. So this is one of, just one of the reasons why life can be complex because of all the external influences. But let me just get to the, the heart of the matter as to why I really believe life gets complex. Are you ready for this? One of the reasons why life gets really complex is really because of what uh, uh, a young apostle by the name of Timothy said. And he said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, remember this, in the last days there will be many troubles because people will love themselves. They will love money. They will brag. They will be proud. They will say evil things against others and will not obey their parents or be thankful or be the kind of people God wants. Now that's enough. We could stop it right there because people will be lovers of themselves. But it goes on. They will not love others. They, uh, they will refuse to forgive. They will gossip. Isn't gossip an issue? When you hear gossip, it has a, a negative effect on a relationship. They will gossip and will not control themselves. They will be cruel. They will hate what is good. So that's an issue. They will turn against their friends and will do foolish things without thinking. They will be conceited. They will love pleasure instead of God and will act as if they serve God, but will not have His power. There's a lot of that in the church. A lot of people who claim to know Jesus a lot of people who, who claim to know the Word of God, but there's no demonstration. There's no evidence. And I'm not saying that just because you're a Christian, you need to go out and demonstrate the power of God and heal the sick. And that might be a part of what you do and wonderful. But that's not actually the most important thing. The most important thing is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that the Word of God is having an effect on our lives so that we become not perfect, but progressive and perfected in our faith so that we become a little bit more like Jesus. We're never going to be exactly like Jesus here, right, on this side of eternity. But there ought to be evidence. And even if we make a mistake, there ought to be some humility which says, I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. Please forgive me. 
And when you mean that from your heart, you're off the hook. And for some reason, I feel like that's a word for someone here in the room or online. When you make a mistake and you apologize from your heart because you knew it went against the will of God for you in that situation, you're off the hook like that. And if someone else doesn't receive your pardon, then that's not your responsibility. At least you've exercised humility. Uh, Timothy concludes, you know, to stay away from such people, to stay away from such negative people. And, you know, and I just think to myself to put in some balance and, and context that, you know, if there is someone like that in your life who's negative and, and not positive and, and things like that, um, but they want to come back and repent and say sorry, then we should receive them back. And uh, so, you know, really, uh, by nature, we're selfish. In our hearts, we're, we're selfish in some way. I am selfish in some areas of my life. And I was saying to Trina during the week that uh, one of the reasons why I do some of the things that I do that no one else sees uh, is simply because I want to deal with my selfish heart. I don't want to have an entitled heart. I don't want to feel entitled. So there are certain things that I do because they're good for my selfish heart. And, and you should want to do some things too because it's good to overcome that at times self-entitlement or whatever it might be. It's good for you. It's also called discipline, <laughs> right? And so instead of you know, thinking or focusing about many things as we come into 2024 and as we begin a new year, I want to ask you today what's your one thing, because the Bible is full of one things. I believe that as you consider what your one thing is, can I encourage you to consider the most important one things, which are the kingdom things. Let me encourage you to consider above all else, the kingdom things, not to dismiss any things that you need to do in the natural, right? but to focus primarily on the kingdom one things. And that's what I'm going to just unpack through four one biblical thing examples today. I'm not sure if that came out right, but I, I think you know what I'm saying. Uh, and so number one today, Martha needed to do one thing. And so as I talk about uh, as I just minister today, I, I want you to begin to think about what might be the one thing you need to focus on above all else. And I'm sure that to a lesser or greater degree that they'll all apply. But what's the, the most important one thing that you need to focus on today? And so again, point number one, Martha needed to do one thing. Let's pick it up in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 41. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and you are upset about how many things? Many things. But one thing is necessary. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So let's just break up this picture for a few moments. Jesus is saying that, uh, Martha is worried and she's upset, she's bothered, she's focused on many things. And subsequently, this is the cause, the, the root to her worriedness. 
the reason why she's upset. And there's another point in this story where she actually has a go at Jesus. Uh-oh, that's not a good start. Lord, don't you care that uh, Martha, uh, is, that Mary is not helping me? And that's when Jesus is going, Martha, Martha. She's forgotten who, like, that's what happens when you get focused on many things. You forget your worship and your honor and reverence to the Lord because she got so locked down on earthly things, she forgot the one important eternal thing. And so, you know, Martha, I mean, let's not be too hard on Martha from one perspective. You know, she was busy preparing the meal. She's like, oh my gosh, oh my, oh my Jesus. You know, like Jesus is in the house. I want to prepare a really good meal. I want everything to be really nice. I want the mandazi donuts to be so fresh out of the oven. A mandazi donut is a African donut. Okay, just in case you don't know, which I believe we have today. Yeah. I would have one of those right now, but I wouldn't be able to speak at the same time. Um, so, so, so Mary's like, you know, Martha rather, she's running around trying to get everything in order. And um, which is, uh, which in actual fact was the right cultural thing to do, socially speaking. Because in that culture, in uh, what, in Asian cultures, in Middle Eastern cultures, whenever you go to, you know, which I love, love the Middle Eastern culture, love the Asian culture, you know, like let's seriously, let's pray for more of those cultures uh, in our church. But um, so socially speaking, uh, Martha was doing the right thing. But spiritually speaking, she forgot that she was in God's house. And that's why I say, as you think about these one things, focus on the kingdom things, the kingdom one things, because Jesus was more pleased with Mary's posture and proximity. And I've already said this, but I'll say it again. The reason why Martha was troubled by many things was because she was too focused on earthly things. I want to ask you today, what is the one thing more necessary and needed for you to do in your life today. Point number two, King David desired one thing. Let's pick it up in Psalm 27 verses four and five. And, and King David said, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of His temple. Out of all the things that King David desired, he desired one thing. And I just have to, by God's grace, stand here today and testify that I thank God that I've been in the house of the Lord uh, since June 18, 1989. That was the day that I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God uh, that throughout all of those years, I've been in the house of God. And it hasn't always been easy. And sometimes it's been tough. And sometimes those lessons that have been, those things that have been tough have been brought about to teach me a lesson, right? About myself. That's what I love about God's house, Right? And, and that's what really matters to God. God. It matters to God so much that He died for the church. He laid down His life for the church, and the church is about people. And so really, in effect, David is saying, 
one thing that I have desired, that I may dwell in the house of God where His people are. I want to ask you today, is that your desire? Because King David, he could have asked for more wealth. He could have asked for more power. But in the midst of his suffering in this psalm, the one thing he asks for above all else is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Point number three today. The rich young ruler did many things right, but he lacked one thing. When Jesus was teaching in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, check out the scene. While he's teaching, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him and said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good start, isn't it? Imagine preaching. Someone runs up and says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And this is Jesus' response in verse 19. He said, Now listen, you know all the commandments. And so in verse 20, and because Jesus rattles off the commandments, in verse 20, the young man said, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. It's like, wow, really? For real? Maybe this guy had an issue with delusion. I don't know. But, but the Bible says that he's been, he, he was able to keep all the commandments from his youth. And Jesus looked at him, and I love what it says next, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by, the, by Jesus saying, he went away very sorrowful for he had great possessions. And so Jesus talks about, he checks the area in his life where he lacked one thing. I want to ask you today, what's the one thing that you lack? Because I know there's many things that you're doing well. There are many, many things that you are doing well in the kingdom. Why don't we think about that part where we find ourselves lacking? What's the one thing that you feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about that you lack? Because that includes all of us. Okay, it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how good we look. It doesn't matter if we've been able to keep all the commandments since our youth. He did a lot of things right. What's the one thing that you feel you lack? Let me encourage you to go from this place and say, God, speak to me about the one thing that you feel I lack. Point number four today. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul did one thing. Here's a question for you. While there's lots of commands telling us not to forget throughout all of Scripture. There is only one thing that the New Testament tells us to forget. And what do you think that is? There is one passage where the Bible tells us to forget. The Bible says, I want to encourage you. I'm commanding you to forget something in your life. Do you know what that is? Most of you would know. Yes, that's right, Trudy. It's our past. Forget what lies behind. 
It's what uh, it says in Philippians chapter 3. Let's read it. Uh, Brethren, he said, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I'm not perfect. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Just note the language. Paul is saying, I press, I'm leaning forward, right? He, he knows that this moving forward isn't going to happen by itself because he understands that change is spelt W-O-R-K and that he has to put in the work. Whatever a man sows, whatever a woman sows, that they shall also reap. We've got to put in the work. Uh, are you someone like me who likes to look up uh, the definition of things? Okay, because I am. You know, now before we go to the slide, I'll give you the cue when to put the slide up. Um, does anyone know where we get the name January from? The word January gets its name from a false Roman god by the name of Janus. Okay, and so from that word Janus, we get the word January. And uh, this false Roman god is depicted as a two-faced man. Let's get that up on the screen now. This image of this false Roman god is depicted as a two-faced man. And one face is looking toward the past and the other is looking toward the future. And this is why January, this false Roman god, is the first month of the year. Another way to look at uh, the origin of this, again, false Roman God, but we're going to turn it around for good and put a spiritual principle over, the, the, uh, over it, is that he's known as the God of gateways. He's known as the God of transition from something old to something new. I want to ask you today, how much time are you spending in your mind looking back versus spending time looking at your present and into your future. Because you and I are probably no different to that image. In some way, we're looking back. In some way, we're, we're walking into even an environment like this today. And you're thinking, wow, okay, I've come into this new environment. I wonder what the people will be like. I wonder if they'll be like what I've experienced in times past in my church life where people weren't friendly, where people kind of looked at me like this. What are you doing here? Uh, and hopefully, and I know that hasn't been your experience today. I know that, you know, we're a very welcoming church, a very kind, a very compassionate, loving and friendly church. But in your mind, who are you today? Are you spending most of your time looking back? or looking forward, thinking God's thoughts about you. Because the Bible says, one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I pray that your picture for the future will be greater than your picture of the past. Just like when you get behind the wheel of your car. You've got two visions, is that right? There are two visions. You've got bifocal vision every time you get into the car. One of them is the, the vision before you, your windscreen. And you've also got a rear view mirror. 
Have you noticed that the rear view mirror is smaller than your windscreen? Or your side mirrors, they're smaller than your windscreen. Why is that? Because we need a bigger future, a bigger picture of where we're going instead of where we've been. And my brother and my dear sister, my friend, I want to encourage you. It's okay for you to forget about your past. In actual fact, I would say, and, and this is um, coming out of my own personal philosophy, I forget the past, but I remember the lesson. I, re- I forget the past, but I remember the lesson. And that's when everything can work together for good. And so, according to these four one things, what's the one thing you need? What's the one thing you desire? The one thing you lack? And the one thing you need to forget? And it's great to see people taking notes. What's the one thing you need? The one thing you desire? The one thing you lack? And the one thing you need to forget? Having an answer on the other side of every one of those questions will change your life like that, to the glory of God. This is what makes the Word of God so powerful. Well, I I pray and I hope that something from God's Word, something through the worship, through the offerings and whatever we've done today, I pray that you've been blessed in some way. Uh, Happy New Year. And uh, it's great to see uh, some guests uh, here today. Uh, we want you to feel right at home. So, so God bless you so much. We love you. We believe in you. And let's close now with uh, just giving the Lord a hand of thanks. Can we do that? Thank you, God, for 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.